Hello and welcome to another edition of Open All Hours, a QPR podcast. You know what, people? I was sitting down last week and I was thinking, we've let Coventry disintegrate into history. That's gone. We've let the four defeats go. I'll get my old mucker, Bradley Allen, on and we'll talk about this season, what we're going to do. I'll get a couple of minutes to join us. We'll have a good old chat. We'll see who's going to beat us in the FA Cup. And we're just sitting there waiting for it all to happen. And then up pop Glasgow, freaking Rangers. Thanks a bunch. And now we have no manager. Right, introducing the panel tonight. It was going so well, and what could possibly go wrong in a week, I thought. There you go, that'll teach me. World Cup, that's it. I think in the World Cup, as you do, sorry, I'm still good on. But you're thinking the World Cup, even QPR can't ruin this. <laughs> Unlike Northern Ireland, but we won't talk about that. Now, Rogers, another person born in the um, island of Ireland, in Northern Ireland, whatever people call it these days. How are you, Dan? You all right? Yeah, I'm very good, thanks, Paul. No, good. But, and Sean McGowan's back. And um, we've got him back because he was so good the last time. And he's so positive that he can't possibly bring us down today. All right, Sean, no pressure. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm up, up to the challenge. <laughs> good mind yourself. And we've got our expert, ex-player, ex-legend. Well, not an ex-legend, but you get the idea. And um, all-round good egg, Bradley Allen. You all right? Good evening, Paul. Nice to speak to you all. Uh, well, uh, Bradley, this managerial lock. 22 games, he's leaving. With, I've just watched his interview with Glasgow Rangers. I don't know if you guys have seen it. He's leaving with a tinge of sadness and he's leaving a great club behind him. That's a lot to say after 22 days, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's quite bizarre, isn't it, to be in this position? And it's not Tommy Doherty. It's tremendously disappointing because, uh, you know, my, Michael's someone that I've, I've known and I've obviously followed his coaching journey across the years. He was actually... Back in the day after I left QPR and had a, a few years at Charlton, he was a young youth team player in a, in a strong youth team group um, back back then. And he, he came out of the game professionally and he went into coaching at a very young age. He's worked really hard. And I, and I just thought, especially with the start to this season, uh, we talk about sometimes a manager being the right fit for a club and where QPR are currently. Um, with the squad of players at his disposal, it, it, it was good. It was positive. There was a there was a, a healthy vibe around the club. Good results in the upper echelons of the championship. Okay, the last few games have have, uh, have been a bit disappointing, but 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 this news must must really upset a lot of QPR fans and and, and certainly uh, key important figures at the club. John, where do you want to start? A long and integrity. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, isn't it? It's um, for me, it's just it, it just undermines everything he's ever said since day one. It's it, you know he's he's you know we knew he was using us for a stepping stone, but this is this is used and abused in my book. It's you know five games ago he was talking about how much. He loved being here, how he'd spoken to his parents' families, how these players' families, how he would, you know, you know, he'd be the last one to leave the ship. And here we are, what, a month later. It's um, um it's it's just um yeah, it's it's 
it's hard to find words, I think, without getting really, really sweary about it. It's all right. We're not going to ruin Bradley's um, career on the old radio, or the wireless, as some people call it. He'll be fine. Sean? Yeah, well, it's... um. I think, you know, we expected it, didn't we? Um, especially over the last couple of days. Um, I've personally, so I'm sort of over it, to be honest with you. And, um, well, I'd hit the go with you in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was funny, though, because I was sort of, the way I the way I look at it, like, I, I mean, I could get into my own head and get frustrated about things I can't control, or I could just sort of take it for what it is. And what I thought, when I want, I want, don't get me wrong, I was fuming earlier, but I was like, why am I angry? It's like, I think he's a good coach. I think he's a good manager. I think he's done good business. And I think we've, you know, we've been doing all right. We've not been doing great. Don't get me wrong. It was great when we were at the top, but, you know, a see, it's not, a season is not a spell of form. A season is, is across a, you know, a year um, or, or however many months it actually is. So he's done all right. He's not done amazing. We're not top. He's done well with what he's got, and that's all great. I was annoyed that he left because I thought we were on something positive. But uh, what you leading to uh, head? Sorry, heading back to what you said. The thing that I was annoyed about was the spear we give us about loyal integrity, uh, loyalty and integrity, because um, which has been insulting in terms of you know speaking with that with that language and that conviction to. Um, a group of people being us, the QPR fans, you know, it's no different to a politician addressing another group of people or whatever. Hmm. So just to sort of like, let's have it right. He he lied, you know, as we've all done in our life, he's only a human being. But um, for me, it's kind of like, well, it's a big, you know, everyone has careers. Glasgow Rangers is a massive club. He's an ambitious bloke. He, if they come knocking on the door, he's going to go. And tomorrow I'm going to wake up. I've still got to go to work. You know, I've still got to crack on with everything else. So so for me, it's um, rather than, you know, having a moan about it, for me personally, I can't be bothered. I'd rather look forward to, to what we're going to do next and how we're going to... Um, how we're going to sort of secure this position now, because also, you know, we've got foundations, the foundations are laid, you know, we've got the things like the first thing that I thought when I saw it, it's quite funny, actually, I was at work earlier and I had the Brazil game on my um, phone and uh, my client noticed it. I was, I'm a barber as well, by the way. So I was cutting some geezer's hair earlier and he was just like, oh, there's been a goal. There's been a goal. So I pulled the phone over towards the pair of us just as I did, Sky Sports notification popped up. Mick Bill leaves QPR. And it was, it's just, you know, you can't write it, can you? But, um, yeah, for me, mate, for me, it's, it is, it's annoying. But the only reason I'm annoyed, really, is is um, I feel like I've been spun, spun a bit of a yarn. Well, that's it, though, isn't it? It's that, it's that nine-minute video of him talking about, you know, how... You know, Wolves put out all these stories and stuff. You know, clubs don't do this unless he's whoring himself out. You know, <laughs> he's the one there, kind of. You know, he's obviously either got his agent or he's got people in the business who are looking for things for him. And a club doesn't go to the press. You know, so many of like mainstream press published that Wolves story 
that there has to be something there. He obviously spoke to them. He obviously, something happened there, which he lied about. Well, the way I say it, Bradley, correct me if I'm wrong here, and I'm sure you will because I usually am, so I'll probably need to be. But to me, it looks like, now nah, the dust settling, it looks like he turned wolves down because he knew this was happening. He knew this job was coming around. He knew that they weren't going to catch Celtic. And in that league, I mean, no one needs to explain to me about how big Rangers are. You know, look where I come from. Everyone supported Celtic and Rangers where I lived. I, I didn't like any of them, so I was all right. Um, and I'm just thinking, we'd, if he'd have just said that, said Wolves wasn't the right time, without the speed of loyalty, he probably would have been able to leave with a less of a bitter taste. Because I'm sure you've been on social media, Bradley. It hasn't gone down well. No, I'm sure. I'm sure it hasn't. And and the fact as well, uh, Paul. Let, let, let's not forget he, he he went up to a Glasgow Rangers home game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, after Brighton away, Birmingham, so, wasn't it? You know, somebody maybe was speaking to him, um, and 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 potentially uh, sounding him out. And 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 like the guys are, are probably correctly saying. That, that may well be the reason why he did turn Wolves down. If, if there was a conversation with Wolverhampton Wanderers. But, Bradley, why would you... I mean, you work at football, we don't. But you're also a fan, which is difficult because you're wearing two hats at times. But why do you think he gave the loyalty player the loyalty card? Do you think... Because there's no need to. That's that's the thing that I don't get. There's, there was no need to say that. There was no need to make that video. There's no need to talk about loyalty and integrity and then bugger off before Christmas. It just doesn't make sense to me. Well, Glasgow Rangers at that time still had still had a manager in situ, didn't they, in Van Bronca? So, you know that that hadn't been um, addressed. They they at that given time hadn't chose to to sack him. They were, you know, having some key matches themselves, some important games where he he had some some poor results, and and ultimately that that cost him his job. And then, obviously, uh, the talks, the opportunity. For, for Mick Bill to go up to, to, to Scotland and, and meet the people there and speak to Glasgow Rangers then accelerated and, and obviously that appointment's been made today. It's, it's weird, isn't it, now in some respects because you have like their ex-manager got them to a European final and that's looked upon as failure. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's amazing the difference between the two, isn't it? You think, had it not been for a... Um... Was it Ramsey who missed the penalty? Yeah, and um, you know he would he would be a, a legend and have a job for the next two three years probably. I, I used to miss penalties regularly. Bradley didn't. <laughs> I, I was going to say Finn on 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 that. What what what's interesting is that you know what what is he thinking with this as well? You know Michael Burley in terms of the next step on his coaching managerial journey because. Worst case scenario, Glasgow Rangers are going to finish runners up. Yeah, in his time in in Scotland, even even if he doesn't overtake Celtic with the good yeah. job that their Australian coach is doing currently, if he does, let's say, win the league and a cup every year for the next two or three years, he then puts himself in the ballpark for a job in the Premier League. What sort of club? Well, That's one in the top six. Brendan Rodgers didn't get a top six job. It's all about the Champions football. League, isn't it? It's all about, you know, they're playing in the Maybe. Champions League. True. He's, I mean, he's clearly, you know, he talks a lot about managing overseas and getting the experience of that. And he, 
you know, you look at the players he brought in, Kenny Powell and stuff, he obviously has contacts in various countries in Europe. I think, um, you know, the long-term plan is clearly that Champions League kind of getting through to the last 16 sort of club anywhere in Europe, I guess. Yeah, but then again, you've got to look at Steven Gerrard, who left Glasgow Rangers for Aston Villa. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, I guess any premiership club from the Scottish League, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, and I probably am, but I don't support Rangers or Celtic, so I don't care. Um, it's kind of one of them, perhaps, as well, that like you kind of look at who they've joined, and the first chance they get to get into the Premier League, he's done it in reverse. Now, that could be because he knows the Rangers chairman very well. He thinks because of they won the league with Gerrard, he's got some lo- loyalty, <laughs> there's a word, <laughs> in the bank with the fans. But what he doesn't realise is, I mean, I, I picked up, when I was in the European Championship for Northern Ireland, as you do, <laughs> once in a freaking lifetime, I'll never happen again. Um, we met some Rangers fans because I was pointing out I supported the proper Rangers. And um, and then got the conversation, you're like, well, what do you want? All three trophies. What? You've just, you've <laughs> almost been bankrupt. You've had to, you nearly lost everything. You've just come back up. Now we want to know anything else is failure. And I think he will he will be under, you, we spoke to Warburton, we spoke to other people, we spoke to Clint Hill. That is a goldfish ball. You do not want to be losing the Celtic and thinking you're going to get a nice meal the next night in any restaurant. So the pressure he's heaped upon himself, because that league's won this year, let's face it, Celtic have won it, and there's Rangers. So it's all about next season. I don't know, just, will he come back for some players, Bradley? I mean, you know, he took the coaching staff, that's how much he, he, he leaves with a sad heart. He's absolutely yeah. rated us. So what do you think? Do you think he could come back to players as a Scottish League a step up from the, the championship? What do you think? Probably not in January. Maybe next summer, depending on how the, the, the second half of this season goes. And, you know, a chair, will it perhaps, will, 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 will be on the radar. And, and for both those young players as well, it, it, it would be a good move because as, as what's been highlighted, you know, if, if they get back into Champions League, which they should, you know, those, those players then are, are, are dining and playing with some of the best players in world football, aren't they, in the group stage, depending mm. on who they then get. So that, that may be something um, that, that, uh, that, that, that we might have to watch this space for. Well, Sorry, Sean, but Willick's thing is up at the end of the season, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if we've got an option on that, but I bloody can't believe I think there's a year option on it, yeah. Yeah, sorry, carry on. Sorry. I bloody hope so. It, it was funny because I was thinking about this. Um, I put a tweet out earlier. I'm I'm back on tour next year and I'm playing in Glasgow. And I said <laughs> I said that if <laughs> I don't give a toss about Bill going, but if he takes Willock, I'll meet him on Soccer Hill Street and it's go square go hundred percent. But in all honesty, what I was actually thinking about is so I live in I live in Southampton, right? And if you think of every player. Well, there's there's three off the top of my head that I was thinking about earlier. Wanyama, Victor Wanyama started performing at Celtic, went to the Prem, went to Saints. Fraser Forster started performing at Celtic, went to Saints. Uh, Virgil van Dijk started performing at Celtic, went to Saints. Windass was performing at Rangers and ended up at Sheffield Wednesday. So I think one of the issues that, is often overlooked with uh, the Scottish Premier League is they don't pay as much money as 
the other as you know other top top leagues do and it, it's it's very similar to champion championship money and I'm, i may i may be wrong here but I'm, i was chatting with someone earlier who was who was telling me that the prize for uh, promotion to the premiership is is basically the most lucrative thing you can get in football oh, yeah. it's certainly more money than you get for um winning the scottish premier league so yeah, you think, yeah you think so, like what you said there I think highlights the whole thing as well, the whole dichotomy of it. Yeah. That, you know, you mentioned three Celtic players. Yeah. I think Celtic's budget's about three times bigger than Rangers. I believe so, so yeah. So Celtic players go somewhere. Seems that Rangers, as you say, you know, Gerard obviously went to Villa. Well, there's there's another there's another example. It's not, it's not on the same level at all. No, and there's another example. Joe Rebo went to went to Southampton in the summer. Yeah, great, great player. And, you know, that's this. We're talking about a player, right? So let's have it right. South, Southampton are in a relegation battle um, in the Premier League. They've just appointed um, mine and your favourite, Paul, Nathan Jones. And, um, and um, but he was in a he was in a European final last year, Joe Arrivo. And he's well, gone. He's thing, moved yeah. to Southampton. Like, for, for me, for me, it's it's um. It is a massive task. We all know Rangers are huge, all the rest of it. But is it that big, you know, in terms of, you know, like, and and does he have, does he have the power to, like, we're, you know, we're fearful of swooping and take the likes of, you know, Chris Willock. I'm I'm not entirely convinced he does because that's, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. That's just my they're a different company now to what they were before, weren't they? They're, yeah. They're, so, I mean, Bradley, what do you, I mean, you, you've known the bloke and he's, you know, so obviously, I don't know if you know how well you know him and everything else, but what, can you, obviously Rangers is big and we've gone over this, but I just can't get my head around it. I just, you know, because he's still really young in his development as a manager, surely. Well, yeah, and, and I think it's a huge risk with, with this choice that, that, that he's made. I, I, I was very surprised that if there was any truth in the Wolves one, he didn't plump for that and he didn't go to Wolves uh, because the squad of players that they've got, you know, with the Portuguese influence, you've got players there that are playing out in the World Cup, uh, experienced players, you know, they they would they more than had enough to, to finish fourth and bottom in the Premier League if, if he went in there and he did, and he did reasonably well. Um, and, and, and that surprised me, I must admit, Paul. It is strange. I mean, the only thing I can get my head around is, as I keep saying, perhaps he knew this was going to come up. Fan, fan broadcast was already under pressure. And I think they drew with Falkirk. I think that was the last straw. The mighty Falkirk um, killed his career. And they got <laughs> panned in Europe and the terrible results and everything else. But the pressure up there is insane. I mean, it's because all, all we were looking for, I mean, I'm speaking for myself here, I don't speak for any other QPR fan, was get as close to that top six as you can. Stay away from the, the the end of the table that gets you in the trouble, and just keep developing players. You know, we know we haven't got much money. We know we've got a small ground. We know the new training ground's been put into place. We know we're developing, as Nell said, the foundations are being put down. Or was it Sean? Whatever you put the foundations down. So it wouldn't have been that hard now, would it, to, to come in and just give it another year, and then he yeah. would do heaps for his CV. And that Rangers job will always come around. Yeah, I mean, this is what I was saying. Um, before when the Wolves rumours were around was it's you know staying with us is a win-win 
you know, no matter really what happens, he's come along, he's done a year, he's shown that he can get a group of players together, he can get them to play a particular way. It's a really good, fun way of playing football. It's fun to watch. It wins games. Whereas, you know, moving to Wolves, I saw as a bit of a kind of, it can only go one way, really. He's either going to manage and then get sacked or he's, you know, or he's going to fail and get sacked. It's kind of like there's there's no real massive upside to moving away from us for kind of such a new manager. I think, you know, maybe different if he was like, you know, three, four years into a career, then you kind of expect, you know, he's, you know, we're obviously being used as a shop window in the short term. But I think, think, you know, brand, you know, 22 game old manager, it's kind of a bit, you know, maybe it's, you know, not recognising a good thing while you've got it. Maybe it's kind of wanting to run before you can walk or maybe it's you know maybe he's got friends and influence up there that we don't know about that he thinks well he's always listen he's always close to the Rangers chairman because he's up there watching them play Aberdeen yeah, and um you know and then we go on to lose the next few games after that so you know and that's another thing that's going to be a, a cloud that's going to be hanging over him how much did he have one eye on the Rangers job or one eye on his current Rangers job? Uh, anyway, he's gone. We move on. Bradley, who would you have as a manager? No pressure. Just pick a name out. Don't say Redknapp. <laughs> well, I, th- I think the point that that, that Noel Mac was 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 sort of alluding to there was a really good one in terms of not learning on the job, going back to Michael Bill, but what he what he actually could have done. You know, QPR in the capital, it's a high-profile championship job. And actually for him, managing upwards, not being a coach fully, but being a manager, remember, at Queen's Park Rangers, like he was, and, and growing as a person and developing a, a, a group of players, you know, a small, limited squad of players, if you do not do that now, that's really fashionable for these Premier League clubs mm. and you're successful at that. That can be really highlighted. And British coaches are really coming back into to, to, to favour again. So, so I hope it, it's an appointment along those lines for me. I think that's what the club needs. It needs somebody that can manage the owners and the people upstairs and also be good on the grass and work and further develop these young players uh, be tactically astute, someone that comes from that sort of background. And I think if you if you can get a marriage there, then Q- QPR have got a chance, exactly like you're safe in, possibly to finish or push for the playoffs. I've said all along they're not good enough in for, for the top two this season. That's my opinion. No. But I think I think for the playoffs, there's enough there. They need they need another player or two at the top end of the pitch. You know, Willock and Dykes have only got six goals each. They're the top scorers. They need a little bit more there, whether that's a loan favour uh, from someone. Um, but but I think for a, for a younger coach, I think it's a good job for someone. Um, and, and I think there'll be a, a, a lot of people putting their fit, putting themselves forward. Well, immediately you talk about um, Critchley. Um, is it McKee of... Um, not McKee. Is it McKay? Of um, Ipswich, the guys at Ipswich. 
Then Kieran McKenna. Then, McKenna, that was it. Yeah. I wouldn't remember his Northern Irish. I've got no excuse. He can't even blame me dyslexia in that one. And then the, the guy at Plymouth, Schumacher, whatever. So you've got these three names, or the straight three names that anyone can pick. So we don't know if QPR is going to go for them or not. The Ipswich guy, McKenna, I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, they've just been taken over. Now, you know more about this than I do because you're into these financial things. They've just been taken over. They've got a very rich owner. They've got a, a premiership club in waiting. They're probably going to come up next season. How likely is he to jump ship? Although, taking board what Bradley just said about QPR being in London and being high profile, is there, could that be an idea? That was the end of you now. Yeah, no. Silence <laughs> doesn't work at a podcast. Breath, I've got, I've got my, uh, I mean, I've got my own theories about who should be next, I think, that are slightly on. field. But, um, no, I think, you made, I think you made a good point. I mean, Bradley certainly made a good point there with kind of it's that that type of manager that type of person who's kind of you know used to used to I guess coaching rather than managing and is looking to develop that managing side of it like Critchley I guess like um the Ipswich guy I mean personally one that I mean I saw mentioned last uh, last night and it just really tickled me just the idea of it just because of who we've got next, but Yaya Torre, who did his coaching badges at QPR. Who, I think Bradley might know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been around a bit, hasn't he? <laughs> Bradley, well, yeah, some insight. Yeah, yeah, you know, has, has, has worked in the academy at Spurs. Um, yeah. he, he, he's a guy that's pretty new to his coaching, but he's very enthusiastic. Um, you know, whether, whether that might be something that uh, would 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 interest him um I, I I'm, I'm not sure because I think he 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 sees he sees himself um you know learning about coaching and uh, the importance of developing players he's, he, he's trying to do it the right way um but 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 I think you know Kieran McKenna again is a as a young coach from uh, starting at Spurs in the academy and going to Manchester United. He, he, he's in a really good jo- job at the moment at Ipswich. He's doing very well. And they're, they're, they've got, he, he's, he's heavily back there as well, the, uh, mm. the new owner. There's, there's, there's a lot of wealth there. And like you say, uh, Finn, I, I'm not so sure at this moment in time, Kieran with Ipswich would lead that role and, and go to QPR. I think they've got a, they're going to have a strong push second half of the season. And there's every chance that they're going to get promoted out of League One. That was a very polite way to tell me I'm talking out my ass there. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I think to be fair, I mean, Palace did it with um, your man, didn't they? They they were he was at Man City. They went and got him. He was he was doing exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, totally it's, doing. It's Vincent, you know, it's Vincent Company at Burnley. I mean, obviously we've got them up next. But he was at Belgium. He was, but Vincent Cup wasn't he managing in Belgium for for a while? Yeah, 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 he was. He's definitely was he actually mate. Okay, yeah, yeah, fair enough. So I'm kind of thinking, like, it's going to be someone of that mould, isn't it? So, yeah. um, McKenna, if, unless I got it wrong, I'm sure McKenna used to manage Glentoran women's team as well, but I could be wrong. But anyway, at least if he ever comes on the podcast, he can understand me. And I start popping on about thick and Northern Ireland. Um, Sean, could or would it be another case of perhaps? And I'm going to get absolutely pelters for this, but I'm not saying this is a good idea. I'm not saying we should. But with the players we've got there and the knowledge, give Wilbur to the ring. For yeah, six I, months, I, months. Knew that, I knew that was coming. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not. It's 
there's worse ideas, I suppose. Um, I don't know. I think I think the biggest thing for us is we need someone who can who can link the board to the players to the fans, which is something Warburton could never do. Um, it always felt like. Uh, Lee Hughes was in control of what came out of Warburton's mouth, um, for me at least. And he, he he felt restricted. I felt like when we played badly under Warburton, he could never really say how he felt or never felt confident enough to say how he felt. Um, and there's, you know, there's other problems with Warburton with the tactical stuff, you know, um, that I personally felt uh, Mick Bill was probably a little bit better at. But another thing Mick Bill was better at is he he bridged the gaps. He bridged the gaps between, you know, I I think I feel like Les Ferdinand sort of, you know, that it was they had a friendship. Then they were sort of everything was a little bit more casual and a little bit less uh less orchestrated. And I think that's really important because um with a club like us, we've 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 got subtle money. You know, we 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 need to develop players. We need you need to take chances, and you need to give people a bit of time. Um, Ilias Chair's perfect example of that. You know, he's he's improved every single season. This season, he is head and shoulders above what he's been for us before. Chris Willock couldn't get a start when he first came. Could could barely even get on the pitch. He's now probably our best player. Um, so a team like us, it needs a little bit of time. So I, I would got I don't really know, <laughs> I don't have the answer to who I'd like to see, but I am in uh, agreement with Bradley. I'd like to see, I'd like to see a a younger, a younger coach with some sort of uh, with enthusiasm, but also like that, um, just the ability to to have a conversation and, and make things sort of uh, less official and less old fashioned and a little bit more personable because I feel like our current crop of players really are like unified and I think they really want to do well for each other and I think they really wanted to do well for Mick Bill and I think um that's probably for me the biggest loss for QPR with Mick Bill going is that that the the dressing room seems it seems spot on um so I, I I think you know an enthusiastic younger manager like um like Brad uh, Bradley said I think that that that's where we have to be looking. Failing that, just get Sean Dyche in and just get him to shout at everyone constantly and uh, kick him up the ass. I can I can honestly say I don't think there's any chance of getting Sean Dyche in. But um, <laughs> it's never going to happen. Obviously, no. I'd, I'd be happy. I mean, the reason why I'm on about Warburton, I'm not saying it's it's just that he knows the players, Brad. He knows what's going on with them. He knows, or is it worth calling someone a bit old school who just can sort? Settle everyone down for six months while the club get the right person in. Maybe he, he, he would be a steady in hand, wouldn't he? He did that before, um, and and he, he he proved that as well before at uh, a Brentford. But but I think what you need is is somebody that can get a connection with those young players, and I think if you can get that quickly and and sort of continue to develop um, the confidence garner that team spirit there's a, there's a chance there's a chance I think that the, the, the squad can have a true push uh, in 2023 um, and, and and what those that group of players as, as well have seen is that they, they can maybe 
get themselves a move to, to, to the promised land of the Premier League. They would have seen that with Eze and how well he's done at Crystal Palace since his move. So, so from a selfish point of view, you've got some players in there that, that have got clear potential to, uh, to, to, to do that. And I, and I, I think the QPR fans would, would, would love, love to, to see someone, you know, that can really come in, sort of reinvigorate the group, get them going again. You know, they've got some, some important games uh, middle of December onwards and the busy Christmas period and into the new year. Get some points on the ball. And, and, and everybody like, yeah, we, we're going to have a real go. We've got nothing to lose. QBR are not going to go down this season. Let's, let's go for it. Let's attack games at home. Be positive. Play on the front foot. Another couple of players in. and Because and, I don't think the Championship's a great league this season. No, it's not. There's not, no. not many standout teams. But then, Brian, if you look at, all right, say for instance, like, you know, Thanks to, to Niall for going down the uh, yeah, Tory route. I like that. It's <laughs> interesting. I mean, we know if, if Fiora could go to Palace from City, he can come here from Spurs. That's not a problem. The other three that were mentioned, what do you think, Brad? Plymouth, you know, they're doing all right. He, he's got them playing. It's which we've kind of discussed. But the, the lad at Plymouth could be an interesting one because I think he's, he hasn't had that many games, has he? But he seems to have them on fire. And that's a club that's been cursed for decades. Yeah. Yeah, they've, they've been in the doldrums for, for a long, long time. And I think what he's done, this, this is what I'm talking about, a, a, a type, a style of coach where, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of quite brave and they play go-for-it football and, and, and they, they're quite expansive and they get their players to, to try and connect, sometimes play out through the back and through the thirds of the pitch, create and score goals. And he's done exactly that. And all of a sudden, everybody's sort of looking at that and thinking, yeah, here you go. You know, we've got we've got a, potentially a good coach on our hands here with 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 Schumacher. So maybe maybe somebody somebody like that might be considered. Yeah, it's interesting. All these all these guys you're talking about. You know, one thing they have in common. It's something that's considering football such a kind of outward facing industry, such a media facing industry. Communication is really lacking in a vast number of kind of managers and stuff. And that that kind of you know McBeal had a that that ability to communicate to get the point across to actually speak the language of everyone listening, and he kind of honed that I guess because he spent his life doing presentations to other clubs looking for jobs. He spent his life you know doing mm. presentations to footballers to encourage them to come and play for him. It's that being able to speak to your audience to be able to communicate effectively with your audience that is so vastly overlooked that actually it's what these young managers all have in common. But to be fair though, Nell and Sean and Bradley, the remit for um, Bill when he came to QPR was don't get relegated. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? That's that's a bit different to where he's going now. And and the next manager, because of where Bill's been, as Bradley says, it's not a bad shake, you know, because I'm looking at it from a negative point of view. I'm just thinking, you know, it's, it's coming to this time of the year where we get knocked out of the FA Cup. We get excited about the draw. We get to see someone new. We get to go home. We look at who else is playing in the fourth round. It's marvellous. <laughs> um, and then we go through a bit of a thing. But it would be nice if they get someone in who can hit the ground running, because they will need to hit the ground running because this league... So, but what worries me that Villa's going to pick up the phone and say, we'll have Tim back, thank you very much. Man United's going to pick up the phone and say, we'll have Ethan back, and then off they go. 
Um, they go back, and a couple of weeks later, they go to Scotland to to have a chance of winning trophies and playing finals. You know, that's um, that might be because I'm a cynical shade, but that's mm-hmm. that worries me a wee bit as well. You know, but they're kind of like Rangers. Goes, Rangers have Tavernier, don't they? Right back, right wing back. So I, I think Laird might be safe. Um, oh, okay. Especially what I know about Scottish football, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he's he's decent. He's handy. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he knows his way around a football pitch. Doesn't yeah, yeah. He? But um, <laughs> but just uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. There. Just yeah, it's just no, um, right at the front of my mind about what um about what we said about communication. I think there's there's a difference between an old school manager and a coach. Um, you know the stories of Harry Redknapp being you know. Uh, looking at the horses in, in the office whilst uh, the players are out training. Well, you said a few ponies. Yeah. Well, I think, that, but that's important though, because it's not just, that's not just how you connect with like footballers. That's how you connect with the a, a younger generation. You know, you have to talk to people now. And uh, the thing I always forget is that like from, like I, I, I'm, a, I'm not even thirty yet. I turned thirty in February, but oh, I, I know. But the thing I forget <laughs> is that most of those players and that team I watch every week are younger than me. Do you know what I mean? And I, and then it's not so far away that I, I can remember how I was at twenty two. Do you know what I mean? I can, I can remember the difference between someone taking me under their wing and someone, you know trying to force me to do something, whether that's in a working environment or anything, and. Mm. I, w- I would only ever react to being taken under someone's wing. I'd only ever react positively if I was spoken to like a human being. And I think that is something that that culturally is is changing in in the world, but uh, specifically in football. And I think um, you know, especially with sort of like players like uh, um, Tim Irobungam, who is this this be honest, is class and he's unbelievable. He's 19 years old. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. When I was 19 years old, I was vastly incapable of doing any of the things he does or and or even being, you know, uh, emotionally adequate to go and play in front of thousands of people um, week in, week out. So I think we do, we have a really young squad. We have a really positive squad. We have a squad that are friends with, actually genuinely friends with each other and want to see each other do well. So, so like, like we've all been saying about a younger manager we and communication, we, that's, that is sort of, for me, the only lane or avenue we can go down because they need to connect with an already strong foundation, but they also need to be able to, to converse with a board that have not always been great, but seem open and seem ge- open to changing or adapting and genuinely want to see the club do quite well. So f- for me, it, you know, he's gone. It's a bit annoying, but there's a, there's a hundred other, hundred other midfields out there. He's, he's not the only one. We've just got to find our one. And then we're, then we'll go and win the championship, then we'll win the Premier League. It'll be all right, won't it? No, the thing is, Sean, you did one thing that annoyed me. You talked about age. Like me and Bradley <laughs> are sitting there thinking, the only sorry, Jen, old, sorry. No, no, the only people older than me and Brad, no offense, Brad, is Santa. <laughs> and that's when you get to my age group. You start looking at, I used to look at people like Bradley and still think, oh, I could play football, still have a similar age. I look at, <laughs> and now I'm looking at the players' sons 
And once the grandsons come on the pitch, that's it. My life is gone. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to retire and hide in the cupboard. Bradley, <laughs> we're going to let you go, but brilliant for joining us. You're always welcome on this podcast. And it's absolutely brilliant to catch up with you again, mate. And uh, hopefully we'll get you in a studio or a pub soon when we start doing the podcast back in the old-fashioned way that we used to do. Look forward to that. Good to talk, guys. Happy Christmas yeah. to you all. Thank you. Uh, and you, mate. Cheers, Bradley. Good to talk to you. Absolutely Cheers, legend. Thank you. Thank you, Bradley. Thank you. Right. Now we can, obviously, I felt a bit aware that Bradley was, uh, we couldn't really say what we thought about Judas. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, because that'd be wrong, because he's a professional person. He's on the radio and the wireless and whatever you want to call it these days. And he's got, I'm raging. I'm raging because of the, 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 the communications we keep talking about, which I think is great. I'm raging about the, the bullshit. I'm raging about the, 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 the false hope. I mean, why, why, why do we allow ourselves to have hope? It's it should come like with a fag packet on the program, you know, with like of QPR fans and May crying their eyes out with their head in their hands, going, "Don't look at the table now. This is how it ends." You know, like they've got the pictures of the bad livers and kidneys or with lungs on cigarette packets. Have a picture of us in May with her head in her hands, crying her eyes out, saying, "Remember, guys." Hope this is where hope goes to die, you know. As soon as it gets comfortable, Paul. As soon as it gets comfortable, uh, it's just as soon as you start thinking, like, you know, we're easing into this 20 games into the season, seventh place. You know, this is this is going to be all right. We're not going to finish 16th, we're not going to like be worried about relegation till March. It's going (laughs) to be fine. (laughs) That's it, that's it, though. But that's that's um. Well, that's why we do it, don't we? So we want to, we want, we're either sickos that want to get hurt, or it's that tiny little possibility that it might just go all right and it might just be our time. And this is the thing, like, I know, I know I can be sort of uh, uh, annoyingly optimistic at times, but I kind of annoyed about that. Yeah, well, I, I can't. I can't help but just be the QPR fan. Upset. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Well, I can't help but but look at like look at the state of the you know where we're at and and I and I must admit I had no idea who Michael Beale was when he came in. No idea. Yeah, no. I thought never... he said this. Bum, bum. <laughs> and I and and I was I was I was uh, I I felt that Warburton going wasn't the right decision as well I may add and then you know what I mean within a couple of weeks I've gone from sort of like what what is going on here to Jesus Christ uh, this this could be all right a couple of weeks later I was sat top of the league where Jesus Christ every everything is great it's never been greater this is the greatest and then six weeks on now we're here where we are and it was a proper rebound girlfriend wasn't it Oh mate. It was like, you know, he's got the he's got everything. It's like this yeah. is fantastic. That last one was just shit. <laughs> but that but the, the thing is as well though, is let's let's be honest. In four weeks' time, we're gonna be talking about something else. You know, there's gonna be, you know, there's gonna be so, another bit of drama or whatever. It's and called Sleepwood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, do you know what I mean? We we can say in four weeks' time, crawl like well, maybe not quite four weeks, maybe a little longer. Say New Year, sat in New Year, crawled up 
back up into we might have some geezer we've never heard of in charge of us you know some bloke who's changed everything you know some bloke that Lyndon Dykes gets on well with gets confidence from and then he starts scoring every other week or scoring a brace every other week something like that you know these things are they're all they're all possibilities and I think like I think that's he comes in Sean does well Thanks, getting the European champs just gone, and then he leaves. Yeah, yeah. Banana something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. That's yeah. I see where you're coming from, but then you know what I'm going to say to that, don't you? There's some other, some other fella who's going to just fill that hole, and that's the way. I'd love to be the Titanic with you, Sean, because don't (laughs) worry about that lifeboat. There's another one. Ah, Don't worry about that lifeboat with the hole. There's another one we've got to patch. Mate, mate, I'd have swam it. I'd have been all right. Just I wouldn't. Or, or I just got on the big door. I got you pushed her off and got on that big door. But I just, um, I, I just stopped with a bad thing. Oh, they play a nice tune. Carry yeah, on. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um, I, I do. Don't get me wrong. I completely understand everyone's frustrations. And if, if you know, being honest, obviously, um, it's I'm annoyed and and rightly so. But it's not the end of the world, and that's not me being someone who's saying oh it's just football it's me being someone who loves football who lives by it saying it's not the end of the world because there's there's someone else there's going to be the next one comes along and that's the way it's always always been you know there's you've never there's never been a a, a situation where a vacancy has you know hasn't eventually been replaced in anything in football you know in any position in any backroom staff so we there's there is a chance we get get an absolute rotter in. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I've, it's it just is what it is. He's gone to he's gone to a bigger club. He's gone to a club he wanted to go to. He lied to us. He's a donut for that, <laughs> and he's embarrassed himself for that. And then that's sort of it. That's do like. It, do you remind me of talk about hope now and and, and Sean? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to take you back to Ireland to my youth. Right, and it used to be this place called Coromila, where you send Catholic and Protestant kids to these place. Fair enough, it was during the '82 World Cup with Northern Ireland. We were having that lovely run that ended up beating Spain, Armstrong, and all that malarkey. Yes, we've had success. Anyway, so I met this girl there, but she lived in Andytown, and my mom was a wee bit worried about me going to Andytown in case I got shot. So you know, which is understandable. And all I remember is, I got teased with hope because I went there. And my first girlfriend, and it was the first time I ever had watermelon. And I always remember this. And then she dumped me. And I never had watermelon again. <laughs> so I, I fully get that. And I understand that. And I'm, I'm, I'm taking myself back to my 14-year-old self in Belfast, having watermelon in Andy Town. Yeah, that was a good day. Never happened again. And um, yeah, <laughs> But so the problem, the problem I have with what Sean was saying, you was... didn't like my water went sorry, no? Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Paul. You could have laughed more. No, carry on, go on. Go on. No, no, no. So the problem I have with what Sean was saying was that he hasn't got this kind of it, it's youthful exuberance. I guess there's <laughs> this kind of like, well, hold on. You know, we had a great manager. He's gone, and now we have to suffer. 10, 11, 12 absolutely appallingly shit ones until <laughs> someone fucking finds that like gold coin in the turd. And it's like, 
that's a big worry is that kind of you know they are out there but are they out there in the direction we're looking are they out there for us to grab hold of have we done enough to actually attract more people like Mick Bill is he actually a story of success rather than one failure so basically where we've got Sean on the Titanic waiting for that lifeboat that will happen you will not get on the lifeboat because you said I was on a perfectly good boat having a perfectly good time and this will probably hit an iceberg as well. Yeah, I'm having an iceberg. I'm on an iceboat. I might as well just fucking go down with it. <laughs> right. I mean, to be fair though, you're right. I mean, I like the fact that Sean's come in and it's like, do you know what? There's someone else out there. That that tried and tested method ended up with us playing in bloody League Two. Um, Division yeah. Two is filled with him there. So you can't go the other way. And it just, I guess for our point of view and maybe I speak for a few QPR fans or who speak for myself because I always get accused of trying to be a fan spokesman but you don't want two minutes inside this head trust me um, <laughs> but it was it was the hope it was the football it was the transfer dealings it was like as Niall said it was like wow this is the best girlfriend boyfriend whatever you've ever had in your life or the best bar of chocolate ever and then someone comes and nicks them it's just freaking annoying and now we've got to start all over again where we could have just maybe had half a hope of, I'd have settled for just missed out in the playoffs in the last day of the season. I don't care. I can I can take that sort of tease and think we're we're building, we're going forward. You know, even the fact that this time last year we probably had, well, I think it was five more points, and look how that ended. You know, so you kind of think to yourself, give us a give us a hope, give us the, the points, give us the players. And we'll start scoring goals and we'll never know. And that's the thing about Bill. We will never know where that journey was going. And one thing, if we do employ a manager, I want it wrote in the contract, they can't call us a fucking project. That word <laughs> sticks in my arse crack like nothing. I hate it. It's just, we're a football club. We're a community. We're a belonging. We're not a fucking project. Um, uh, sorry about that. But does that annoy anybody else or just me? Yeah, no, you're entirely right. Entirely right. We know what I'm looking for is something something so that I'm encouraged to go to Stoke away for the last away game of the season. Something to say, this is still worth it. <laughs> well, I I think like it's weird as well. And I and I, I will I do feel at this point it's probably worth saying I've not always looked at everything the way I do now the amount of times I've followed and unfollowed QPR on Twitter and if you went yeah, far and I, I got, if it, you followed and unfollowed your own football club oh mate like it was it was either that particularly Harry Redknapp days it was either unfollow them unfollow them from the sheer nonsense that was being spouted or drive up to Loftus Road and, and deal with it that way so I was just like Man, this, I love this, this. So you, you, you're actually you're using your follow on follow button as your protest, like right, you, Harry, you're lying. Yeah, Don't well, bastard. Well, I'm so yeah that that or I'm using it as my sort of uh, keep out of jail uh, sort of uh, <laughs> security. But yeah, no, but that but that's what I mean. Like I've, I've I'm I'm you know same as everyone else. I'm a football fan. Like I I, I get fuming the, the same as everyone else does. But that this isolated. Uh, scenario for me personally isn't as much of a big deal. We're we're talking about you know you saying they're the best the best we've ever had. Like we're seventh and we've just lost and played badly for the last however many games. 
I remember Adele Tarat going around what seemed like 56 billion players by himself and putting in the top corner. For me, that was the best we've ever had. That was great. Oh, Winning God, the league. Yeah. But, but, but I had to jump ties the story, loose, John, because I know I'm with you. It, it could have been the best we ever had, one of the right way of saying it. Could yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where I was going with. We will never know. No, and 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 I do completely see where you're coming from there. But for me, rather, I, I, I choose not to add that like gravity to the to the situation because it it could have been great. It could have been shocking. It could have been awful. And I just I can't I can't I can't personally let myself get wound up by some geezer who sat in front of a camera and lied to me about something I'd care very much for. So for me, it's sort of like, it's just like, all right, you know, crack on. And it's going to go two ways for him at Rangers. He's either, he's going to either manage to stick the job out for the rest of the season. Like we were saying earlier, the league's gone. He's not winning that. He'd do enough to stick it out. And then he's got the summer to do something spectacular. Which, there's, if you look at, we only have to look on uh, social media to see the Rangers' reaction to him. You've got twenty percent really happy about it. You've got eight percent saying, "Why won't the board spend money?" Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's got the same. He's got the same problem. So, I think personally, it's going to end really badly for him. And I think we'll probably see him, you know, in the next two three years, in the bottom half of the Championship, managing, <laughs> you know, whoever whoever it may be. But that's what do I know? You know, that's just what I think. So that being said, is it that much of a is it that much of a loss? Just because I we all decided to romanticize everything and view him as Jesus, you know, like in real real terms, in real life, he did all right. Did all right. Was it nine wins and eight losses? How many draws? Yeah. Like that's not great. That's not great. If that and for me, I'm I'm QPR fan, so I'm well aware of what we're what we're like. But you know, I'll, I'll I'll call something great when it is great, and and I don't think he was great. I think he was good, and I think he had potential, but I don't think he was great. And I don't think he's he's someone who can't be um, replaced. Personally, that's my views on it. Anyway, so basically, if you want to see. Someone on a TV screen who lied to you, you'd have watched I'm a Celebrity. Yeah, and I did. Yeah, I did have <laughs> Nice yeah. little segue to my next bit before we go, which was, what a nice to see a QPR fan on I'm a Celebrity. After oh, sure, also, yeah. And it was, he, he done well. He, 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 um, after his last attempt with um, reality TV, it didn't go so well. Um, <laughs> he admits that. I'm not saying that. That's what he said himself. It was nice to see him. He done well. Then he got to the final. But there you go. And... Um, Talk of the snakes. Hancock did got, did get to the final. But there you go. It's a shame Sean didn't get to spend some time in there without him. But yeah, they kind of threw that on him. You can't I guess. But yeah, they did well. They did well. And it's nice to see that his first thought coming out was where's QPR. And... I thought he be... handled that well, by the way, yeah. because I would not, I would not have handled that as well as that. I, I would have found found it very hard to find any positives and be in a being in the jungle with with that, with that man. Okay. <laughs> well, I would just say to keep it politically balanced podcast, I might have let the mask slip a little bit. 
<laughs> we would have said the same for any other politician. It's just that they should be representing the people who voted for them, not in the flipping jungle, eating cows, testicles, or whatever they eat. Just <laughs> anyone. Right, I think so we've covered it most, though, haven't we? And now we could just go back to watch the World Cup and wondering. I think Paul Hull's been put into not Paul Hull, who is a friend of mine and listens to his podcast. That would be an absolute disaster. Great if they had a leak somewhere because he's a plumber. But otherwise, not good. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see, won't we, chaps, and see where we're going. And um, hopefully they'll get it right again. And we move on. As Sean says, I like that, Sean. You know, he's not the Messiah. He's just not regular loyalty. Not a Messiah. He's a very naughty boy, mate. Not a very loyal boy. No, 100%. Yeah. Now, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, as usual. You've come and talked sense. And I like that. And we could have gone down the financial things of why he's left and who's got the most money, but hey ho, we'll do that another time. Sean? Best left alone at times, Paul, but thanks for having me on again. You're always welcome. And um, yes, we'll have you on again. And Sean, always welcome, mate. And thanks for bringing positivity and sensibility to the podcast. And of course, Brandy Allen as well, who was brilliant. This has been Open All Ours. We hope we haven't depressed you too much. And we'll be back again in a couple of weeks with probably a new manager, new hope, new dreams to be shattered. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 